0: What's going on everybody? This is Conti and Nick, and it is the benchmark 20th episode. I have some unfortunate news. Uh Nicholson is not feeling too good today. Uh, he is not going to be with us today. He's not dead. When I say he's not gonna be with us, I mean he is alive, but he is just not going to be, unfortunately, very unfortunately, on the podcast with us for this benchmark episode. Um real quick, I just wanted to say, since this is episode 20, Uh, Thank you for everybody who's been listening, and thank you for everybody who shows our constant support, Uh, everybody who really just listens to it. Even if you go back and forth, disagree with what we say, it's all in the name of fun. We all have the same good amount of passion for sports, Uh, whether we're right or we're wrong, and most of the time or 100% of the time, I'm always right and everyone else is wrong. (laughs) I'm just joking, but just no matter what you do, if you hate us, if you love us, any sort of uh, feedback, Positive or negative is feedback. We very much appreciate that and we very much are looking forward to Continuing as and taking this as far as this thing can go and we're gonna ride this podcast till the wheels fall off and That's definitely something that me and will are both proud to say and I know for a fact that this man will be back next Week uh, ready to go because that's the type of person. He is he's a fucking warrior. So uh, He gave me the thumbs up (laughs) so today um, I'm gonna be talking about The Week 1 NFL Reactions. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are some ups, there are some downs. I saw a lot of stuff that I liked. I saw a lot of stuff that I did not like. And if you guys know me by now, and you should know me by now after 20 episodes, I'm definitely going to be laying in and I'm not going to hold anything back. So, without further ado, let's get into the man we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, Mac Jones. Uh, Let me tell you something right now. Mac Jones definitely... Has won me over because it takes a lot for somebody like me to admit when I'm wrong and to admit when one of my favorite players of all time definitely should no longer be playing for my all-time favorite team, my forever all-time favorite team, the New England Patriots. And that's what this kid was able to do. Mac Jones definitely throughout the preseason, like we've talked about, showed his worth, showed what he was able to do. And my God, did he show that against a tough defense who knew exactly what Bill Belichick does, especially back in his system with Mac Jones, with the offensive line, like I've said, doing what they do with the routes being run the correct way without without the ball being thrown to the ground. Oh, my God. This kid put on the absolute show. The statistics will say otherwise. It was a few hundred yards and one touchdown. But for those of you who watched the game or for those of you who watched any games with Cam Newton last year, you knew for a fact that this offense was back this was not an aberration an aberration is something that only lasts what, a short amount of time and something that will probably never happen again like a miracle i'm telling you right now this is what i've been talking about okay these are the type of people that last in this league these are the type of people who regardless of run first whatever they do throughout their career if they're run first they don't last we talked about this at, and over the last decade since 2010 and you could probably go a little bit further back too. the last real mobile guy to win the Super Bowl just a run first guy was Russell Wilson and he barely even contributed to that game because the Legion of Boom completely dominated the all-time Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos that year okay Matt Jones is going to be somebody who lasts in this league this man proved that he belongs without a doubt you just saw the offense flow I mean, yeah, he made a mistake here or there, that, that fumble. But you know what? The one thing about him that we've always said, he never makes the same mistakes twice. And th- it was so transparent. You just saw like, the crowd. You could just tell. like, You felt a certain aura about it. Okay, And, and I don't know if a lot of people can, can feel aura, but I certainly felt as though we're back. You know, like, that's what, we're back with Mac. I hate to sound like all corny and rhyme, but we are back with Mac. And I am telling you, I am telling you, this kid is wise beyond his years, okay? I'm going to reiterate the fact that Brian Flores has been in that New England system or was in that New England system for a very, very long time, okay? And this kid, they know what Bill Belichick's going to do. They know the game plan. They know the method to the madness of the greatest coach of all time. And this kid still went out there, and he performed well. I can't can't tell you any really bad throws that he made. Like, sure, there are incompletions. Sure, there's going to be times where the kid looks like a bit of a rookie. He'll hold on to the ball too long. He'll fail to look off the safety. But, I mean, this kid looked like he'd been in the league for 10 years. The the offense looks completely rejuvenated. I, I mean... Kendrick Bourne looked good. I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of John Smith and Hunter Henry. We saw little flashes of them. They looked good when he was throwing the ball. I mean, it was kind of, and I'm not comparing, please. I am not comparing. But you saw a lot of throwing the ball to where the defender cannot get it. You saw so much of throwing the ball to where the defender cannot get it and throwing it only to where the wide receivers can catch it. That's Tom Brady-esque. And the only reason, the only reason I'm comparing it is because when you ask Mac Jones in, in interviews, when he's been asked, when he was interviewed, what like what, what is your inspiration? Like, who do you model your game after? What is your game predicated off of? His answer, 10 out of 10 times, he will not hesitate to say, it's Tom Brady. And I'm telling you, the, the, the motions, the head down, focusing on the sideline when the defense is getting scored on, getting mentally prepared and ready to work. This kid, it, it it looks like Tom Brady, in just the throwing, the mannerisms, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting real nerdy. I'm getting really into detail about it. I, I I'm a little, I'm very fired up and I'm very passionate about it. But this is all stuff that you just take a look at the game. You take a look at how close. Just look into such for like far detail. I'm sorry, I'm blurring my words. You look into so far detail of what this kid does. You really break it down and analyze everything on the field because off the field is just as important when you take a look at it this kid reminds me of tom brady i'm, I'm telling you i'm telling you i'm telling you if this kid can continue if this is the, the worst we saw of him if this is the kid's nfl debut he's gonna have some games where he looks like a rookie will and i have discussed that and it's inevitable it's gonna happen Okay, like it's gonna happen. No quarterback has perfect games. No quarterback is going to have a great game every time up. Okay, if this is the sign of things to come, especially when you face worse teams, oh my god, oh my goodness, am I excited? Am I excited? Good Lord Almighty, I- I'm telling you, I-, I don't know, I don't know if I'm overreacting. Please, please, like say something if you if you're in the sports group chat and you're listening to me right now. Please tell me I'm an idiot. Please tell me I'm overreacting if I am. But I'm telling you, I, I got that intuition. I have that feeling about Mac Jones. I, I really do. And I, I really don't know what else I should say because yes, it is one week, but he looked like he'd been in the year for in the league for 10 years, man. I'm going to tell you that much. And I don't know how you guys feel, but the future is out or the verdict is still out on him. We'll see what remains to be seen when adversity gets thrown his way. Especially when he faces Tampa Bay and faces that that Tampa two coverage, which is predicated on stopping the deep, not the deep routes, the shallow routes, the checkdowns. And those Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coached by Tom Bowles on defense. They are taught to fly to the ball. They are taught to the second that ball is caught, if it is caught, they are taught to fly to it and tackle immediately. They can catch it, but they will damn. They damn sure are not catching it or gaining a yard on you. They damn sure are not doing that. And, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll see. I mean, next week is the Jets. Robert Sala is a good defensive coordinator. I mean, he was with San Fran for years. And before they got injury plagued, we raved about that defense. We'll see. We'll definitely see where this goes. So, there's my Mac Jones rant. I definitely want to move on to Trevor Lawrence now. <coughs> Excuse me. I definitely want to talk about Trevor Lawrence now. The number one overall pick. If you turned on ESPN... If you turned on the NFL network, you saw everybody in their grandmother. You saw everybody talk about how this kid is a can't miss prospect. This kid, for the love of God, is getting Peyton Manning comparisons, is getting Andrew Luck comparisons. I don't know if you guys know who Mel Kuyper is. Okay, he's an NFL analyst, and he's somebody, or an NFL draft analyst, I should say. He's somebody who really goes into depth and to detail, and he has his quarterbacks, and he has people he has nothing but nice things to say about most of them if not some stuff to improve this kid in Mel Kuiper's eyes was somebody who had everything the total package he had it all and he put him up on the short list of guaranteed NFL superstars with Andrew Luck with Peyton Manning and a couple of others okay like he had them up as, as probably one of the best quarterback prospects he has ever ever scouted And I'm telling you, he had some flashes. Okay, he looked okay. But three interceptions against the Houston Texans defense led by David Cully, a wide receivers coach. So a head coach, you're telling me, a head coach that is based off of the fundamentals of offense. Somebody who's been in the league for so long, but still has just done it at an offensive level. Not even as an offensive coordinator, as a positional coach. You're telling me that Lawrence couldn't get past a defense coordinated by someone like that? If he's such a good prospect, if he's such a can't-miss athlete and a can't-miss quarterback, you're telling me that he couldn't really do much against that defense? I don't know, man. That's a little bit concerning. And You may say, oh, well, didn't you say a couple of weeks ago, oh, Jordan Love, well, well he, he faced the Texans too, and he did good, and you weren't, and you weren't criticizing him then. It's different. Okay, I'm gonna explain myself again on what I said a couple of weeks ago. What Jordan Love faced in that preseason game, he faced a defense that was second stringers, a bunch of NFL hopefuls who were just trying to cling on potentially to a backup spot at that position, linebackers, linemen, corner, safety, whatever it may be, and or maybe not even that, somebody who could just cling on and help in the special teams department. Okay? Like the difference between Chiefs second stringers or and third, i not even second, the Chiefs third stringers and the difference between the Texans third stringers, I hate to tell you, it's not that much of a difference. It's really not. Okay? It really isn't that much of a difference. So Jordan Love, he went up against third stringers just like I'm sure everyone or almost everybody else did in the preseason. This kid, Trevor Lawrence, went up against the first stringers of the Houston Texans. And yeah, most of them are young kids. Okay? They are. But, I mean, this, these are people that are, are NFL veterans as well. So these are, these are grown men. Let's, let's pay them their dues. Let's pay them their respects, okay? Even if it's the Houston Texans, it doesn't matter, okay? This man didn't look very good. He, I'm telling you, he didn't. Three interceptions, okay? Three interceptions against a defense, I'll repeat myself, with a head coach of a wide receivers coach, not even somebody who was an offensive coordinator, A a wide receivers coach, a positional coach, three picks. I guess the guy led by somebody with that credentials or with those credentials. That to me, I'm sorry, is concerning. And and I don't know if anybody here is going to use the excuse, oh, well, Etienne was out. Etienne was out. First of all, he's out for the whole year, so you can't use that excuse all season long. Okay, you can't. Second of all, We don't even know if Travis Etienne can carry water because he never played in an NFL regular season game either. He didn't. Okay, so we don't know anything. The Jacksonville Jaguars aren't missing out on anything by by not having Etienne on the field because they never did in the first place. So we don't know what impact he would have made. We don't know. Okay, I don't want to hear that excuse to anybody of any chance who would be doing it. Okay, I don't want to hear that. And you may also say to me, well, Conte, Gino, Conte, he threw 300 yards and three touchdowns. Most of it was in garbage time, man. Most of it was in garbage time. I'm telling you, and that's at the point where you're facing those second stringers. Those people who really aren't going to get in if the game, if all the chips are in the middle of the table and the game really matters all that much. And listen, no disrespect, those guys can play football a hell of a lot better than I can. Those guys are in the position that they are because they're great at the sport, and they're among some of the greatest athletes in the world, but they're just not some of the greatest athletes on that team or in the league. So that should go to show you, first of all, the phenomenal talent that's in the league. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I don't know. And I'm going to I'm gonna say it's only one week. We only can chalk it up as, you know, maybe a, a, as a rough one, but... I don't know. I don't know man. I don't I'm not liking I'm not liking the way this looks and Especially all about I'm hearing from Urban Meyer who in my opinion is a complete joke. Absolute joke. Okay. I Don't know. I'm not liking the way this looks. Okay, like I'm not gonna tell you that Urban Meyer is like the key to his success because if Trevor Lawrence is that much of a can't miss guy he definitely should be able to overcome that and should be able to beat the Houston Texans, okay? He definitely should be able to. That That's, it's inexcusable in my book. It's inexcusable, okay? But also, regardless of him being so can't miss, regardless of anything, he's still a rookie, okay? And a rookie, I'm telling you, besides the tight end, besides the tight end, the rookie quarterback's best friend is the head coach. It's not the receivers. It's not the offensive line. That'll come when he more done like a couple years down the line. But uh, man, he it's not it's not looking good. And aside the point too cuz this isn't just about quarterbacks, okay? This is a week one overview. This is a week one analysis. How did James Robinson only carry the ball eight times? How 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 is that how is that a thing? Did James Robinson not show you enough last year that he's capable of being a lead back in the NFL? Did, did, did Hicks' performance last year not warrant more than eight carries? Well, like, it, it's, I'm telling you, I am a defensive coordinator for the Weymouth High School football team, freshman football team. Okay? I'm here, I'm telling you that if a rookie quarterback is struggling, if he can't get his progressions going, if he's not really getting in the flow until garbage time when the game really doesn't matter and there's no pressure on him, you hand the ball off. Okay? You hand the ball off. That's, that's on you, Urban Meyer. That's on you. And before you tell me, oh, well, the offensive line, the offensive line. Christian Derrissaw is right there for the take. Okay? You could have traded up for Elijah Vera Tucker. You could have traded up for Rashawn Slater. Don't tell me you don't have the assets. You're the Jaguars. You're a bad team. If you're a bad team, you have a lot of high picks and you have assets to be able to trade and make a trade market for yourself more attractive because you have some good pieces. You could have traded for Elijah Vera Tucker. You could have opened up the spending book for um, uh, Corey Lindsley, the center that went to the Los Angeles Chargers. You could have done that. Okay, you could have uh, maybe not gotten Sewell. I won't go that far because he was a premium, premium prospect. Okay, but you could have gone for Slater. You could have gone for Vera Tucker. You could have gone for Derasaw. But no, what did they do? They drafted Travis Etienne, a first-round running back. Okay, who they played at wide receiver. During camp, first of all, what sense does that make? Okay, and I, I'm not against. I, I, I kind of go against the grain in this respect. We're taking a first round running back. A lot of people disagree with it, but to me, if they're such, if you are such a premium talent at that position, you take them. You take them because if you are a great running back and you are a team that has a elite running game, okay, that is a whole entire element of offense. That does not include the quarterback that you have to account for, and then when the quarterback, if he's good or if he knows anything about the game, okay, if that quarterback is able to get into a flow, then because the offense, because you're making the offense, a defense uh, commit to the run, you're keeping them honest. If you have that elite running game, you are unstoppable. If your quarterback is good, I, I'm telling you, like. That run game is so, so important, and it's becoming less and less transparent, unfortunately, because the league is really going into some past stuff and a lot of college offense, which I personally hate. Okay, which I personally hate. But who, who, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not a professional coach. I'm, I'm 20 years old. Okay, who, what, what the hell do I know? Okay, don't tell me that the offensive line was the problem. They waited till the third round. To draft an injured offensive tackle, Walker Little of Stanford, who hadn't played in over two years. That was your answer for protecting the blind side of the number one overall pick. And, and Tyson Campbell, he can be a good player. Like if he really commits himself, because he didn't, he had some commitment issues. He didn't really try his best all the time. Okay? If he plays and he becomes a lockdown corner, that I mean, that's good. Jacks have a good corner duo there. I mean, I wouldn't be the, on the level of Ramsey and Bouye a couple years ago. But that's something to build off of. Yeah, what are you doing if you're not... T- Listen, Larry Borum was there. Tevin Jenkins, he was supposed to be a first-round pick and slipped to the second round. That's somebody who you could have had. You had the first pick in the second round, and you picked Tyson Campbell. Again, nothing wrong with him, but you had bigger fish to fry elsewhere. You had bigger fish to fry elsewhere. I I don't understand what the logic was there. I mean, Urban Meyer, like, Oh, well I I played, I I coached college. I got the inside scoop on these kids. Dude, this isn't, this isn't a buddy, buddy league. This is the professionals. This is the NFL. These are men who have to pay their bills. These are men who have to literally do everything they can to earn a living. Yes. It's a game. Yes. It's something that really just at the end of the day, it, it is just a game. Okay, like there are bigger things in life than football. There are, there are issues out in the real world and everything. But how do you figure out stuff in the real world financially if you don't have a job in the NFL in your, in your profession? These, this is not a joke, Urban Meyer. This isn't a joke. The, these aren't kids who only a, only a handful are NFL hopefuls. And they're just living the dream and continuing the dream in college and then go on to feed and live a fruitful life when they get their college degree. These are men. These are men. What? It's one week. I'm going to repeat myself. It's one week. But my God almighty, Urban, Urban Meyer, you need to get it together, man. You need to get it together. Signing Tim Tebow, I, I've been over it many times. It was a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace. Charles Clay and Delaney Walker, They're still on, they're still on the free agent market. You're telling me that they couldn't have done a better job than Tim Tebow? Somebody who couldn't even make it out of the double A in baseball? A non-contact sport who couldn't make it out of the minor leagues there? He could all of a sudden transition to a very, very hard and underrated position in the National Football League? You're telling me he could just do that on a flip? Yeah, he got cut. I don't care. It wasn't to sell tickets. Stop trying to make yourself relevant. The way you make yourself relevant is by winning football games. That's how you make yourself relevant. Or if you're not going to win games, stay, be competitive. Be competitive and give every inch of effort against people who are vastly better than you. If you put up fights like that, you're still going to get respect by the league because they know you're clearly inferior team, but you played your ass off and you worked your ass off to make sure you didn't get humiliated that week. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, this this is this is how fired up I get, and I don't really have anyone to debate, so this is kind of me just listening to myself talk, and I'm sorry if I'm annoying the two people listening on the bench right now, but good Lord Almighty, I mean, this is, it's just how I feel, it's just how I feel, I gotta get it off my chest. So I'm telling you, man, Jaguars are in trouble, Jacksonville Jaguars are in trouble, if they don't get their stuff together, I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence isn't gonna be a bust, the kid has some talent. I, I wasn't completely sold on him being an all-time talent. But, hey, sometimes sometimes you just got to see where the cookie crumbles and you got to see what's going on. I don't want to spend too, too much time on this because I don't want to have a freaking heart attack. Because, uh, good Lord, man. So, let's move on to my next uh, victim, Aaron Rodgers. This is somebody who I have not really been able to talk about For a few weeks me and nicholson really went back and forth on him for a while uh aaron Rodgers, man let me just go start off and tell you you are the most talented not greatest not greatest in terms of achievement and legacy in terms of pure talent on an nfl football field you are the most talented person i have ever seen play the quarterback position you're never going to hear that but i just wanted to get it out in the air just in case by some whims of the imagination, Aaron Rodgers hears that. Whether he's hosting Jeopardy! or whether he's calling his girlfriend on the sideline because he doesn't care about the Packers anymore. Okay, You are the most talented person I have ever seen put on a pair of pads, a helmet, and cleats, and, foot, and leg pads, and a girdle, whatever, on an NFL football team. You played like an absolute disgrace and douchebag absolute disgraceful performance from Aaron Rodgers on Sunday the New Orleans Saints are no pushover let me tell you that right now the New Orleans Saints are no pushover you're telling me that the New Orleans Saints gave Aaron Rodgers a look on defense that in his 17 18 year career he's never seen before you're telling me that you're telling me that such an elite man at that position hasn't seen it all hasn't seen every single defensive look Every single defensive scheme. I like Dennis Allen. He's a good D.C. He is. He's a good defensive coordinator. Saints have really picked it up on defense. You're telling me they ran something that Aaron Rodgers has never seen and has struggled so bad against before? If you're the MVP, man, you have to adjust. Okay? And I I don't want to hear the, oh, well he didn't have the weapons. First of all, they got Randall Cobb. Okay? They drafted Randall. They didn't draft Randall Cobb. They traded for Randall Cobb. And they drafted Amari Rodgers out of Clemson in the fourth round. Those are two weapons who, who he got, two solid, steady, dependable. The verdict's still out on the Maori, but we'll see. Okay? Those are two extra weapons that you got as opposed to last year. And last year, the receivers weren't even the problem because he threw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Okay? It wasn't the problem. I, I don't, I don't want to hear all this. Don't listen to ESPN. Don't listen to NFL Network. Don't listen to anything they tell you. Okay? Don't. The problem wasn't the wide receivers. The problem was the Kevin King situation and the bullshit with him because they didn't have a good second corner. Okay? Aaron Rodgers, you are a thief. You're a thief. You're stealing money from the Green Bay Packers right now. That's what you're doing. You weren't trying to win that game. You weren't. You were absolutely, utter- like, it was completely and utterly so blatant. It was so transparent that you were not trying to win that football game. You were just trying to make sure that everybody knew that you didn't care about the Green Bay Packers organization anymore because you're throwing a little hissy fit because they're, actually, they're trying to take the ball out of your hands and prolong your career by adding a running game and not asking you to throw 50 times a game. okay? The Packers are doing what's best for their organization. They're doing what's best. When you were drafted a couple years before Brett Favre, uh, Relinquished his starting job to you, you weren't complaining. Hey, it's a business, right? Hey. Guess what? It's a business. You're 37, 38 years old. It's time to start preparing for the future. And the year before your MVP year, you did not look like an MVP. I'll tell you that much. You looked like a pro baller, but not like the MVP we're used to seeing you. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Okay? Packers are doing the smart thing as an organization. They are. Okay? And you're out to stick it to them. That's way. That's your way of getting revenge? It's bullshit. Okay? Okay? Because who's to say now you're making yourself less attract, less attractive of a free of a trade target or a free agent target if you demand your release. Okay, you're making yourself less, less attractive, less, uh, I'm sorry, less attractive of an option because who's to say you won't be sick of how they're running their organization? Who's to say you won't do the same thing to them? now you're creating trust issues with whoever you end up going to after this year, after the Green Bay Packers. You're creating trust issues because how do you know you will not turn on them like you turned your back on the Green Bay Packers organization? How do you know? How will these franchises know that you won't do that? And with that being said then, how will they make a full commitment to you? How? It's ridiculous. Listen, I'm not going to tell you I know everything about this game. Okay. I'm not going to tell you, I know the ins and outs of the organization. I know the ins and outs of the league, but damn it, I'm coaching because I know a thing or two about the game. Okay. Look at the eyes of Aaron Rodgers. Look at the eyes of him. Look at his body language. Look at his emotions. Okay. Yeah. You could say, well, he hugged Matt LaFleur before the game. It's all for show. It was all for show to make sure the Green Bay Packers fans don't freak out. Okay. But look at the mannerisms when the game is there. Just look at it, okay? It's not, it's not, he doesn't have it anymore. And if you don't want to take my word for it, take former teammate of his, tight end and Pascal catcher who was pretty damn good when he was in the league. Take Jermichael Finley's word for it, okay? There was a thing that came out earlier today. Jermichael Finley said he doesn't have that fire. He doesn't have that passion. He doesn't have that desire to win anymore. And I completely and utterly agree with him. You look into the eyes of Aaron Rodgers, I'll repeat myself. You look into his eyes, you don't see somebody who wants to win. You see somebody who wants to stick it to that franchise, okay? You see somebody who wants to stick it to the Green Bay Packers organization for doing what they saw fit and doing what was best for the future of their organization. God forbid, God forbid you have a semi-down year and they start preparing for your future as you're in in the late 30s of your career. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to say it again because Nicholson disagrees with me, okay? But there is no way of predicting. After the season that Aaron Rodgers had before his MVP season, there was no way of predicting he would bounce back like that, okay? The writing it appeared to be on the wall. He was 35 years old, 36 years old, and he had, instead of an MVP caliber year, as we're accustomed to seeing, he had a Pro Bowl year, okay? And, and that is kind of how the steady decline of some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time go. It's the reality of the situation. It, it really is, okay? It's how it goes. And I'm telling you right now, dude, the, the, the Packers did what they had to do. They did what they had to do for the, for like the greater good of their organization. I'm sorry that I'm repeating myself a lot here, but I, I can't stress it enough. I, I really can't. Okay, I saw this statistic. The average quarterback rating, if every single pass throughout the game was thrown to the ball, or was thrown to the ground, the thrown to the ground, is 60, uh, sixty-six. Aaron Rodgers' QB rating, QBR, was sixty-two. That that means Aaron Rodgers had a worse performance than a quarterback who has a game where every single ball, every single pass is intentionally grounded. That's how bad it was. You can't tell me that somebody with that immense amount of talent, somebody with that level of of just eliteness in his veins is that bad or has that bad of a game. I honestly cannot tell you unless it was like somebody who has as big of a name as Aaron Rodgers, somebody who is a gold, like an absolute lock, first ballot hall of famer gold jacket give me the stud in canton the second i retire you can't tell me somebody like him had that bad of a performance or is capable of having that bad of a performance i'll repeat what i said from the beginning there is absolutely no way that the new orleans saints defense dennis allen a defensive coordinator who's been in the game for a long time and people have his film and know what they want to do on defense there is no way that they gave him a scheme that he has never, ever seen before that threw him off so badly that he performed worse than a quarterback who threw the ball into the ground every single play. I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit delusional and maybe he was that bad. But I'd like to believe that Aaron Rodgers could have a better performance than that. I'm still a nice enough guy even though I think he's a thief. Okay, and deserves to go to jail for taking all the money and taking the time and the hard-earned money of the fans of the Green Bay organization because those fans are owners too. I'd like to think that Green Bay and, and, and I'm sorry that Aaron Rodgers is capable of having a better performance than that. Maybe I'm being too nice. Maybe he sucked this whole time. <laughs> Nicholson got a good laugh out of that one. He's in the corner. Everybody, if you're listening, send your well wishes to Will Nicholson. He's not feeling too good. Once again, I'll repeat what I said at the beginning of the show. I'm flying solo for the first time, and as much as it feels good to get stuff off my chest, I definitely would love to have Nicholson here to tell me how wrong I am and to debate me with all this. And he's shaking his head yes because he thinks I'm wrong with it. <laughs> all right. Oh, wait, he's coming.
1: Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate everyone in the, the sports group chat wondering where I'm at. Uh, nothing serious, just had some stuff I had to take care of, I guess I guess you could say. Um, and, uh... Yeah, you know, stuff like this happens where, unfortunately, like, I I, I have, a, you have certain days, we all do, where I just, I don't feel like I can I can come and talk on a mic for, for 45 minutes. Uh, my, my throat's not really feeling it. So I really do apologize to, to everyone out there for me not being on, uh, especially, <laughs> I apologize for giving Gino the mic by himself for, <laughs> for the, the 45 minutes that we have here on the bench sports. but. Uh, yeah, thank you to everyone. Sorry I couldn't do it today. Uh, I just wanted to uh, address that real
0: quick. But yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. Will, Will's gonna Will's gonna wanna shoot himself in the head after listening <laughs> to. Hold like, on, I, I gotta say
1: this because I just uh, Cam but, Tate texted me. Will take an Advil and humble this man. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> you know, as much as I love you, Cam Tate, you and I go back and forth on a lot of sports things. Okay, I'm right. I'm completely a hundred percent, ugly right. Okay. And you know what? We have 12 minutes left, so let's just make Will Nicholson want to take two Advils, okay? Um. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals had a tremendous performance against the ascending Tennessee Titans, or what we believed to be the ascending Tennessee Titans, okay? I don't know what the hell happened to them. Taylor Lewan, one of the best left tackles in the league, he got absolutely destroyed by Chandler Jones. And listen, there's no shame giving up a sack to Chandler Jones every now and again, but Five? Holy crap! Is that embarrassing? Is that shit in your pants? Especially when you're on the level of Taylor LeJuan. Okay? Those of you, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to insult you. But those of you who really and truly in their hearts believe that Kyler Murray, and I'm looking at you, Nicholson, (laughs) that Kyler Murray is a pass first quarterback, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm going to repeat what I said last week. Cliff Kingsbury is a college coach from Texas Tech. Okay, college coaches in a lot of college schemes that isn't Alabama or professionally run things that actually prepare you to play football and actually be a good football player rather than just run some like gadgety shit that works on the college people but not the pros. Okay, guys like Cliff Kingsbury run unorthodox offense. Okay, they run stuff that just isn't desirable, that doesn't really work when you play people who actually, you know, know how to play the game of football. Okay, they have designed runs that make quarterbacks look like they're putting up video game stats. And for all intents and purposes, you know, and for putting up stats and for putting up numbers, it works. It works for Kyler Murray. Okay, it does. And i'm not going to deny it i'm not going to say he's not a great athlete and a misconception that i think me and will have is that when i say somebody isn't a good football player i'm not saying they're not a good athlete okay i'm not saying they're not a good athlete i'm saying that their athleticism is what carries them and is the reason that they're in the league okay that's the reason they're in the league it's not because of their football iq it's not because of their smarts. It's not because of their ability to decipher, go through the progressions, you know, be like Matt Jones, who's actually a real quarterback and a real good quarterback. What I'm telling you is Kyler Murray is a run-first quarterback. I really don't see what the problem is. I don't see what the debate is here. Sure, he has a cannon. And sure, he could definitely let loose when he needs to and, and just chuck up an absolute bomb. I mean, we all saw it against Buffalo last year, the Hail Mary. We all saw it. But you're telling me he's going to do that every single goddamn play? You're telling me that Kyler Murray, if, like, I'm saying, if you're going to put him in the same class as Mac Jones, in the same category as a pass-first guy, what similarities do you see between Mac Jones and Kyler Murray? They're complete opposite players. Okay, if you're going to call him a pass-first guy, I'm going to put him in the category of Mac Jones, of Tom Brady. I, I know they're retired, but of Phillip Rivers, of Drew Brees. Okay, guys like um, Kyle Trask, who I know hasn't really played yet, but that's his game. I'm going to put you in that category. Something doesn't sound right there, does it, Will? <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's shaking his head in disapproval. <laughs> but I'm telling you, something doesn't sound right about that. It doesn't, okay? Kyler Murray is in the class of a young Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson has improved and evolved as his career has gone on. I'll give him credit for that. But of a young Russell Wilson, a Lamar Jackson, a Trey Lance, a Justin Fields, okay, and I'm not trying to tell you that they're not going to have any sort of Wimbledon's of success because they'll put up good stats, they'll put up good numbers, and, they'll, and they play exciting football. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't think it's exciting football, Okay, I, I don't get entertained by it. It's definitely exciting stuff to watch. It is, and I'll be the first one to tell you and admit that. But it's not conducive to a, an actual Super Bowl winning style. And at the end of the day, if what you're looking for isn't the Super Bowl, you shouldn't be in the league. You shouldn't. And I, I understand that there are rebuilding teams like Jacksonville and Houston who aren't who couldn't even begin to hope, okay? But I'm telling you, if your goal, even if you're Houston or Jacksonville, isn't to win the Super Bowl, you're in the wrong business, my friend. You're in the wrong business, okay? I don't care if, they're, if you're on a 53-man roster, if only 11 of them are healthy. Damn it, play offense if you, if you play defense. And damn it, if you play defense, play offense. And I don't know if I just said the same thing twice, but whatever. <laughs> you get my point, okay? And play special teams. Grab a quick drink, get your ass out there, and play special teams, okay? That should be the business that we're in. Everybody at all times should be giving their 100% effort. I'm telling you right now, man. I'm telling you right now. Russell Wilson, I like I've said, is the only quarterback who was run first. And it wasn't even him. It was the Legion of Boom who demolished Peyton Manning and the historically great 2013 Denver Broncos offense. Look at the last, like what? Like 15, I'd say, Super Bowl champions. Or the last guys to play quarterback and win the Super Bowl. Tell me a tell me run-first guy. Tom Brady. Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees. Did I say Eli Manning? No, Eli Manning. Nick Foles. Patrick Mahomes. Am, am, I, like, am I tripping when I say that it's good for numbers, it's good for the entertainment value, the good brand of the league, but it's not conducive to, you know winning the super bowl which is again what everyone should be going for <laughs> like what are, my question is when are when are teams going to realize this okay like are eventually the guys like Brady and them or, and and, and Rodgers are they just going to die out and it's just by default a, a run first guy wins because that's all the league is i sure hope not i sure hope not because i'm telling you right now the art of being a good quarterback is a lost form it's a lost art because when you tell a quarterback or when you're a defense and you say, hey, our defensive game plan to win is going to make the quarterback throw the ball, is going to force him to throw the ball, holy moly, you may, have, you may sell tickets, you may put asses in seats, you, know, you, you, you may create a big entertainment value, but right now I'm telling you the lost art of the game is so, it, it's in danger. We're in danger of losing the true form of the league. Okay, Guys like Bledsoe, guys like Breeze, guys like Rivers, guys like that are obsolete, man. Guys like that are quickly becoming obsolete. But isn't it so ironic as they become more and more obsolete, they're still the ones that are winning the Super Bowl championship. Will Nicholson.
1: I'll jump back over here for the end.
0: (laughs) We have five minutes left. Do you have anything to say, if you can? Uh,
1: well, look. First of all, I think it's it's crazy how a run first quarterback first three hundred yards and five touchdowns or you know has five touchdowns. Crazy. I don't know. Um, also, I'll, I'll quickly summarize. I guess what I'm going to talk to you today. I got a Gatorade in me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not an exactly But um, I mean, first of all, I think Mac Jones looked fantastic when he was out there. Uh, I was really happy to see. You know, he makes his work. He has mistakes. That fumble was a mistake. Um, also, uh, I have a, a new pick for Defensive Player of the Year, and I think it's going to be Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you, you saw the new way that they're using Jalen Ramsey, and I want to I talk a little defense with you, I guess, for a second. Oh, let's I'm, go. I can talk you know, defense I, I, all day. I, I, I can tell you. Um, and look, I, I don't know all of this, right? I saw it in, uh, <laughs> in, like, a video and just analysts saying that, but the way that they're using Ramsey, they're using him as, like, A corner and like a linebacker hybrid so yeah that's
0: all over the field so that's what they're doing they're actually i I don't know if you heard chris collinsworth okay but he was saying that he talked to Jalen ramsey uh after one of their practices and he was saying first of all raheem morris who was the new defensive coordinator this year for the uh, los angeles Rams, excellent there's no reason for him not to be atlanta's head coach because he did a great job as the interim last year arthur smith should not be in that job right now should be raheem morris okay but they were saying back to Jalen Ramsey, they were saying that he was actually just starting to get bored because there was a point in time just, just a lockdown corner. Yeah, he was just locking the field down, and and, and it's kind of similar to what stuff like Dion Sanders would say, mm-hmm. like dude, they're just they I, I shut down this still half of the field. Meal. Yeah, they're not throwing it my way. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm making millions of dollars. I'm 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 the best corner in the league. I'm yeah. I'm doing my job. I, I was
1: saying with uh, with DLo and shout out Nick Drags when when he was here, we were watching the game. <laughs> um, uh, you know you know the meme where it's like the uh the, the black Air Force One energy or whatever? I've never it, seen that, no it, it's some meme. It's pretty much like people who have on like black or air force shoes are like menaces like to society. I can't Dude, no, I can't say I've ever seen that. You know if you know that's how Jalen Ramsey played <laughs> when when he played on uh, Sunday night. It was insane. It was a menace, he was tackling people, he was bumping people, he was getting sacks, tackles for a lot. It, it was
0: amazing to see. And let me be the first to tell you, yeah, I say some out-there stuff, okay? I do. But I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I was very wrong after my after Jalen Ramsey's uh, second season in the league. He looked like he really kind of lost interest there. And you know what? That was uh, Tom Coughlin's fault, okay? He ran an antiquated system. The offense sucked, so the defense had to strut out there all the time. Okay, that was Tom Coughlin's fault. Jalen Ramsey... I hate to say it because I, I don't like his attitude. Okay, I don't. But in terms of talent, in terms of being corner a cornerback and now kind of a hybrid, he is the best in the league. Would you agree with me, Will? Yes. And Will Nicholson from afar, <laughs> from way downtown, <laughs> yeah. agrees with me. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's seven fifty eight. We got a couple minutes left. Soon to be seven fifty nine. We have any closing thoughts?
1: Um. Here. Look. well while well, we're at the end, right here. Um. I guess to, to get away from sports, I mean, look, I'm a guy who uh, with, with mental health, like, you know, it's something that I think we all need to talk about. Um, I haven't taken it seriously for a while. And like, look, you know, sometimes we just have, have days, you know, where I, I literally, and Gino was here before the show, like can confirm, I could not physically like speak for uh, 45 minutes or with, you know, fluidly. Um, but I'm glad I started to, to feel kind of better in the, the background of the show went on. But, uh, you know, just take, everyone take their health uh, seriously. Um, yeah, and uh, I'll see if maybe I do a makeup episode where it's just me. Who knows? Bro. Yeah, absolutely. Or like sometime during the week, and we'll always do Conti and Nick where it's just us. But, uh, yeah, hey,
0: listen, yeah. you you want to fly solo, man? You do lots of the work here. So we got 10 seconds, so you think you got it in you to do the famous I outro? Got
1: it. Uh, unfortunately, guys, the recording cut off right there, but... You know, as always, John Bro. Peace.